Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about something that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, it's almost been two, going on three years now. It's called Forbidden Bingo, forbiddenbingo.com every Thursday. Uh, And if you are interested in uh, a fun time where you can win some sexy, sexy prizes, uh, you should go to forbiddenbingo.com and uh, tell DJ Rockstar Aaron that I sent you. Uh, Every Thursday you will have the chance along with many other players who I'm loyal to and I call my family my Ohana. Uh, It's so much fun. It is um, every Thursday uh, unless there's something else going on in life and it's just a hoot. So it's called forbiddenbingo.com and let DJ Rockstar Aaron and everyone else in the crew know that I sent you. Mahalo. Hey everyone, this week's episode features Sally Jensen, a clinical psychologist based out of the Midwest, and she is a lovely human. She's been all over the United States, uh, has a really great life, loves animals, loves the Green Bay Packers, loves baseball, and she is always part of Forbidden Bingo every Thursday, which isn't tomorrow. Uh, every Thursday, uh, you can find us at ForbiddenBingo.com. Uh, tips encouraged, 18 plus to play. Enjoy. Mahalo. Hey weirdos, you know that the unofficial slash official sponsor of my podcast is Forbidden Bingo with DJ Rockstar Aaron, Rich, and Curtis. If you haven't played before, it is free to play online. What the heck else are you doing? It is a freaking quarantine still to this day. How long have we been doing this? Anywho, ForbiddenBingo.com, or if you're in Denver, you can play in person on Tuesdays, uh, and there's a lot of opportunities, so go to ForbiddenBingo.com. So I'm in Hawaii, so it's 4 p.m. my time on Thursdays, and I'm bad at time zones, and I went to Sylvan, so I won't even say what other times it's at, because you can get all that information from DJ Rockstar Aaron at ForbiddenBingo.com. And Rockstar Aaron was also a guest on my podcast. That was episode 84, and this last week, I played with Lloyd. Spencer from Below Deck. How fun. Okay, so it's 18 up to play, no children. Just got to say that for binbingo.com and tell Rockstar Aaron and the crew that I sent you. Mahalo. Hey, how's it going? Happy Thursday. Happy Bingo Thursday, Sally. Bianca, good to see you. That's good to see you. I only get to see you like through a small, tiny peanut portion of the screen every uh, Thursday for (laughs) ForbiddenBingo.com. But uh, yeah. Um, So hey, listeners, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out.com season three. We've been doing this for three years and I have a lovely guest that I met through all the virtual things I do. And it's actually one of my unofficial sponsors, which is of course Forbidden Bingo with DJ Rockstar Aaron based out of Denver and online. Uh, This is Sally. Sally, would you like to give your uh, overview, who you are, what you do, et cetera? Sure. So I live in Chicago and, um, but I've lived um, in Wisconsin, Florida, Nashville, now Illinois. So I've made kind of the north-south circle. Um, I'm a clinical health psychologist by training, 
and I work now at Northwestern University doing um, research and I am a loyal pet person. Hey, Annie. My dog, Annie, um, but have had other pets as well. So I like to volunteer for pet oriented organizations. Yeah. And that's something I love about Sally is like one, she's probably the smartest person that plays this ribbon and bingo in the, in the sense of she, she knows more about the human brain than I think anyone in the world does. But also she is just such a kind individual. Um, and someone that as I've gotten to know over the years, I just find you just so just such a unique person in so many ways, but like, you just have such a kind heart and you really love what you do, but like the biggest thread and what we connect on completely is that we both have dogs that are like completely our babies and we would do anything for them. And, um, we also have a lot of similar interests. So I'm very happy to have you on the podcast. So thank you, Sally, for taking the time to be on my podcast. Um, yeah, that's a very generous introduction. And I should say that we also are a former figure skater. We are, we are. Oh, I, oh, I, I did have, I used to have, cause like my ADHD tick is I like will rub my hands and stuff. And I had a, a bath and body works, like a snow one that had skates on it. And then I took it outside for some reason. So I do have it. Yeah. We both, figure skated when how old were you when you started figure skating oh man I was probably like four or five I was four <laughs> yeah My, yep I mean it's a limited range that you can do right right like you it's not going to be like a midlife sport. Well, my mom tried it as a midlife sport and she fell and like cracked um, her head open. So she was like, no, no yeah, skating so for me. Yeah, so it's probably not a good idea. Yeah, but I... I mean, uh, probably all, like the only time I ever had a concussion, Bianca, was fig figure skating. One time someone's toe pick went through my knee. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It was like, I got Tanya Harding play like some girl on the ice skating rink. No, I didn't. Oh my really. God. Well, I didn't really. I ran into her. At least it was just once. Right, right. Yeah, I still, I think I still have the scar, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I was born in Minnesota. For my listeners that don't know, I was born in Minnesota. I moved to Colorado when I was 10, but my dad really wanted to have boys and have them play soccer, but instead he had girls. So he was like, well, what can they do? What sport can they do? My dad became like the ultimate figure skating dad. Um, my sister did really well. Um, and in my first competition ever, like maybe this is where I had imposter syndrome. Hiawatha lands. Uh, they put me in a category at a Russian skating coach named Lydia and her daughter was the choreographer choreographer. And uh, my dad was like really excited. He's like, B, you can really do this. Um, spoiler alert. Couldn't. <laughs> uh, and he, they put me in uh, one division above what I should have been. So uh, I, I placed eighth out of eighth. Yep. Well, B. you know what? My first competition, I also placed last. So. Yeah. High five, air five. <laughs> We're good at this. <laughs> But I, I feel like I, I feel like all of my, um, all of my dance moves are very Elaine from Seinfeld. And like, I'm thinking about getting into drag right now and doing like drag king. I've wanted to do it forever, but I was showing Scott last night, my, my partner, uh, how like I dance and he was just like, okay. Like, like, I, don't, I mean, I hope that they're okay with that. And I was like, it's fine. I dance very like this. So that was me on skates. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It. It can be painful at the time, but you have lots of life lessons that you take from yeah, yeah. I, that you don't yeah. realize until years later. Oh, right? absolutely. And I also feel like it helps with balance because I bought like roller skates, the quad skates, like everyone did the, during the pandemic. And I thought I'm going to get really into roller skating. I'm, I'm totally great on roller skates, but I've only used them like three times um, because where, where we live in San Diego, there was just too many rocks and I was like, I'm going to fall and break my face. 
Uh, but then out here, there's an ice skating rink. So when my friend and I went and I realized like, oh, I'm really not that bad on this. Just the stopper. I was, it's weird to like dig your toe down to stop for me because it, it's not like a skate where you, where it catches you. You kind of just kind of go, go up. Yeah. 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 I haven't skated in so long either. And I tried to, like I told you, Sally, they reopened the ice rink, but it's Hawaii. And so the line was all the way to Maui. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, and probably crazy, craziness ensued inside that rink. Oh, I can only imagine. But I mean, it's something to do. So I'm like, you know what? You guys enjoy your ice rink. Uh, Eventually I'll go. I mean, we get stationed somewhere cold. I'll, I'll definitely pick back up the skates, but it's something that I did all like, um, pretty much all through all through my, I think I was like maybe nine when I stopped because we moved and then, and then, um, there was no ice rinks near where we moved. So that kind of fell off by the wayside, but I loved it. I can still do it. I know that Scott's yeah. never been with me. Yeah. It's the skill you don't lose. One of these days we'll have to go skating. Yeah, we will. We'll choreograph a routine. We'll hold mittens or like a glove. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Sally, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And I actually, I've had, I've had a few people and from the mental health perspective on here before, obviously you're a friend of mine. You're someone that I care very deeply for. You're part of my family. Um, and uh, you're my sister from another mister and ice skating twin. You're my, my pairs duplicate from another state. Uh, um, but I love that you were interested in this podcast because as someone that from the outside looking in would go, wow, you have all these accomplishments. I know you too can suffer from imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start with the first question. Okay. Fire away. Yeah. Do you feel like you have it all figured out? No, (laughs) no, (laughs) no, I don't. Well, when you say it, do you mean like life? Life. Yeah. I mean, I guess like the thing, life, the thing, the thing we're doing. Yeah. That's normal though. No, I don't. And I, I think that I maybe shared this with you or perhaps it was somebody else but um I was going back because I was trying to find my old grad school essays and my personal statement was um framed around the theme of I want to have a life that makes sense well <laughs> does it I don't know that that's possible <laughs> I think that was naive of me no. at the time it's not naive. I mean, truly nothing's made sense for like ever. I mean, the, the, the world in which we both lived through and gone through and are still continuing to go through, uh, no one predicted that. I mean, I thought it was going to be 2023 and I was going to have like rocket shoes and like, I'd be yeah. traveling, I'd be teleporting to Chicago <laughs> to hang out with you. No, not at all. Not at all. Instead, instead, uh, I'm losing my, uh, I'm losing my eye watch in a terminal of Houston and, and they can't get it back to me. So technology is a lot to be remiss, but you know, Hey, I think that's pretty normal, Sally. I mean, I think it's funny that you say that. Cause I remember like thinking back on like statements I wrote in college. Cause I, I just, I graduated with my bachelor's and I was kind of like, that's enough. Um, cause I work in marketing. And so it was like, not really a big deal, but it wasn't something like to go back to school. Wasn't really something like I wasn't really striving. I think I've always wanted to do something more than marketing. And I kind of fell into marketing, wanted to do advertising and and, and I wanted to do broadcasts and everything. And now I'm doing it all. My mom says I don't use my degree, but I was like, yeah, I do. Um, every day. 
uh, everyone's marketing everything. But I think like when I was in, in college, I originally went for uh, graphic design because so I really wanted to do graphics, but I had like an, a, a professor that kind of doubted me my first semester. And I was like, well, this is hard. I don't like it. I'll go back to doing what I was doing, which was journalism. Uh, I was a newspaper yeah. editor all through high school. And I remember looking back at my portfolio of work the last time I was visiting my parents of like my capstone, quote unquote, it wasn't capstone, but it was like my pr final project for my public relations class. I just laughed at it. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't know what I didn't know. Like, I thought it was really going to change the world when really all I'm doing is like debating like what logo color uh, something should be. <laughs> but you know what? I think that along those lines, like if we didn't believe those things, then we wouldn't be where we are. You know, oh, yeah. because you have to be hopeful in some way. It's just that you grow up a little and yeah, find that things aren't quite how you, how rosy and easy you, you thought. Like, I thought that, oh, if I can just get into graduate school, oh, if I can just finish my PhD, then I will be happy. But that's but, not really the case. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you say that because like it's um, I can kind of relate that to maybe not necessarily me in my career, but from the military spouse perspective. I know you've worked with the veterans in the past, yeah. Um, yeah. like where um, something that, my <laughs> oh, you're OK. Bless you. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, it is. So okay. um, I was going to say that um, military spouses and military families have a tendency to be like, if we just get through this deployment, we're going to be happy. If we just make it to the duty station, we're going to be happy. If we get this amount of money, we're going to be happy. And I think like everyone in life has a tendency to do that. But I think like something I've had to learn and something that you and I were kind of talking about for manifestations of 2023 is there's lots that we want to do. And there's lots that we are hopeful for, but we're wanting to be more just content with what we've got and, yeah. and finding the gratitude in those things. And then maybe the rest will follow. That's kind of where I've been going in my brain recently, but I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think sometimes we shoot for the stars and the stars are a little too high. And so lowering that down into more meaningful kind of achievable. Yeah. Like right now, the achievable goal for Sally and me is to organize one closet in her houses. <laughs> And I didn't do it today. I haven't done it tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. I had, I had to get a podcast out today. So I was like, well, I, that, and then I was battling United and I was using my, yeah. I was using my first portion of my ADHD meds to uh, hyper-focus on anything than the thing I had to do today. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think, I think that Bianca, that speaks to the fact that like, it's so easy to give up our personal goals to things that happen to interfere. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we don't necessarily always prioritize our own things as much as we do the things that we think have to be done. Yeah, no, um, that makes a lot of sense. So when I came to you about being on this podcast about imposter syndrome, and I've been doing this for three years, and this is the first time I've had someone give me such like an eloquent answer. I just read it. Um, I mean, everyone gives me a different answer, what it means to them and how they perceive it and how it's changed their life or shaped their life. I love your last sentence. I just finished reading it. Um, so let's ask the question. It's a mouthful. Do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome? In what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to your life? Um. Well, to answer the first question, yes, I do. Um, I think it's um, 
I'm trying to be eloquent. Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a high bar. Sometimes you there are high expectations when you're perceived as a psychologist mm-hmm. that you're supposed to know everything <laughs> and do everything right. And I certainly don't. Um, not only in my personal life, um, as we could go he doesn't get any airtime. We don't get any airtime. No, yeah. We're not gonna <laughs> She who will not be mentioned. Um, but also like I should know better. Mm-hmm. Um, but um and I do, but I still make mistakes. And so I'm an imposter in that way, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like at work I also sometimes feel like an imposter because um even though I know that I have the expertise and the experience to do what I want I as a woman in academia I'm often diminished Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and sometimes maybe that's because I let myself be but not intentionally Mm -hmm. so that's where I feel myself an imposter also sometimes is that um like just getting people to listen to what I have to say yeah Oh man, I have a lot to say to both points. Um, the first one is, okay. I don't think that we, here's my unpopular opinion right now, just off the bat is just because, okay. So I, I, as a, as your friend, I ask you before I ask like, Hey, I have a mental health question. Like, can, do you have the space? Can you point me in the right direction? I know better than to come to you from a therapy perspective because you're my friend. And I think that a lot of people don't realize they shouldn't do that but also I think you know it's you're human like you're you're not gonna have all the answers and you also it's a it's a it's a thankless job sometimes to have to solve people's lives and just hope that you're like helping enough or doing enough so I can totally understand that and then when you said that about yourself like where you're like I don't practice what I preach basically I I know the learnings I know how my brain is but then like I I still find myself doing those things no one's perfect I've met some really fucked up people who are mental health professionals in life and I'm sure you have as well and it's okay um just like you know you kind of helped me through figuring out if this was the right fit for me for a therapist. And then I ended up finding an even better one based on language cues that you kind of had me look for. And I was really grateful for that. And so I really, I can't thank you enough because I I'm, I found someone that actually works for me because I asked you and if you have the space to help me with that. Um, so I appreciate that. But to go back to like how you were speaking about that and yourself, it's like, yeah, I mean, like we, just because you're, uh, uh, you have the training and you're a psychologist and you, do those things doesn't mean that you yourself didn't have inherent trauma as a child or an adult or whatever that might have impacted the way that you perceive your own relationships. You might be able to compartmentalize and and do the therapy part, but like you're still a human outside of it and you can't have all the answers and you can't like live on eggshells. So, Hey, we all make mistakes. I mean, gosh, I, I still find myself in cyclical patterns. I'm trying to break and that's normal. And I think like, if we weren't trying to find that about ourselves, then I think that that would mean that we are broken people that are beyond repair, but we're just people. Right. 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 I mean, I was thinking, you know, earlier today about like, am I a magnet for this type of bad relationship Mm. or am I a moth to the flame and um Mm. you know I think that's an important thing to think about is you know 
what is it that draws me to those things? And that's something I that wonder. I need. Yeah. I would wonder if I mean, it's, I think it's a combination. Yeah. I think it'd be a combination of like your professional life kind of bleeding into your personal where there's like a maternal, like I need to help you. And Scott yeah. calls it because the book, my, what, well, the therapist I had that it didn't work out. She did have me read a book, which I appreciated called like dodging energy vampires, uh, which is good for boundaries, but also like it, it was helpful. Yes. But it's also like now you're closing yourself off to any potential relationship, but then I'm definitely trying not to do that 100%, but I'm definitely more wary than I was say before where I'd jump head first. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, wait a second. Why is this person like remind me of someone toxic in my life? And why are they making me feel this way? And why is it? And then, and then suddenly I'm like, I have to cleave it. Cause it's just like, I can't have that in my situation. And my, my current therapist has told me that she believes that it's because of where I'm at with my journey and self-actualization. She believes that it's okay to have careful relationships with people who might be triggering to test how good your boundaries are and to test how well you're doing and kind of use them as a marker. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up to say, but Hey, you know, if you think about it, like I, I scary, that's a scary proposal, but yeah, she's like, if you feel strong enough. And so I tested it and I went, went from no contact to contact again with my mother who didn't do anything wrong. I just couldn't have two toxic people in my family talking to me at the same time. So I, I tested it there and I really held firm with my boundaries when I told my mom what was going on and I've been sick uh, with, I, it's what they think is anxiety related in IBS. I won't know uh, for until this week I have my follow-up with my actual gastro doctor and Sally, even with me along the way with that. But she said, you know, did you test your boundaries? And I was like, yeah, cause it, I knew that it wouldn't, with my mom, I knew that it wouldn't be a problem. Like I could just hang the phone up and then just not pick it back up and it wouldn't hurt my feelings because I have enough 34 years worth of dealing with that kind of thing and enough kind of stability that it didn't hurt me. So I don't know. I don't know if there's validity to it, but I liked kind of that idea of maybe it's okay to not completely shut yourself off from people and still be slightly open, but then also be wary. Yeah, I think that's a hard, I mean, it's a hard it's a hard deal because, you know, you can swing the pendulum, you yeah, know, you can be, yeah. um, it's hard to find where do you find the right place in right. That because you right. don't want to cut yourself off completely. Yes. Um, but you also don't want to fall into that. Exactly. Vacuum. Exactly. And it's hard and it's, but it's nice and it's nice to know for my listeners. And I, and I know for me personally, it's nice to know that even my friends that are supposed to have quote unquote, all the answers, which of course causes imposter syndrome, they struggle with these things too, because we're all humans just because one person studied the DSMVR or DSMV5, you know, doesn't make, doesn't mean that they won't have these, these same things we all deal with, which actually humanizes it. And if anything, makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah. Well, and, and for sure. And I think that sometimes people think that automatically um, you should be leading the perfect life because you should be, if you've had this, if, if you have this background, you should know what you're doing and you should. And the funny thing is that I could like, if somebody asked me, what would you say? If, if I took my own situation, for example, Mm -hmm. which I have, Mm-hmm. And thought about what would you tell a friend or a patient or a client or whatever you want to call it um, in that situation would be not always the way that I have responded. Um, right. Even though I should know. 
but oh. you're uh, you're a regular person you're not always yeah you know you're not always a psychologist exactly um, and that so my husband has to do this in the military before I touched on the second thing you said about imposter syndrome because I have a lot to say sure. about the women's in workplaces with PhD sure. um I want I I'm sure you have to do this because my my husband has had to do this as well being an officer in the military previously being enlisted and then now like dealing with what does that mean on the outside and the inside he has to leave perfect like leave the navy at the door and basically create two separate personas and he's and and fortunately when he went to ship to work it like kind of they melded back together and I kind of we kind of lost each other uh but now he's back to Scott and Scott at work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the mustache really said everything there was. And I was like, please yeah. that. we're done. Get it away. <laughs> so, so I, I think that that's probably something that like is harder to practice though, especially as someone who's, you know, geared up to have this kind of work and geared up to kind of have that compassionate lens to be like, wait, yeah. nope. Tonight's Sally at bingo night. It's not Sally needs to hear your life story <laughs> while you're drunk uh, over Malort. <laughs> Although that, yeah, that happens too, but yes, I, yes, I agree. And I think, you know, that's part of the reason why I ended up going into this research job because I had previously worked um, clinically um, in an oncology unit and mm -hmm. um, it, it was like, I just got so burned out to the point where like, I could not separate those things and I would come home and like, a friend or a family member or a partner would like vent about some what I perceived as to be like minor <laughs> annoyances during the day and I would say like shit like <laughs> oh you can say shit Sally you can say shit you can say fuck it's okay I would say like oh I'm sorry I met with 11 people who are dying today who would love to have the luxury of complaining about what you are right now yeah, and exactly and and that was when I kind of realized like, okay, I think, I yeah. think it's time to change. Well, one of my, before again, I go, I go into talking about yeah. being, we might not even get to it. It sucks. Being a woman in the workplace sucks and having a PhD sucks and every men are awful. Uh, anyway, I was going to say is um, I have a friend who went through uh, cancer and her name is Ryan. And I've been friends, like I met her in San Diego and um, she was a national guard and I had to watch my friend from afar on an Island, go through chemo without me, uh, go through all of these treatments without me and her parents by her side. And she had this one friend, right? This one friend was like super shitty. And this friend would like be like, I, blah, blah, blah. I wish sometimes I just wish I had cancer. So people would feel sorry for me. And it's like, no. <laughs> so she kind of had to reshape like who her friends were and like all of that. But also like there was times where, I mean, I would never complain to her. Cause I mean, what I was going through was just like, yeah, okay. I had a mental breakdown, but like what she was going through, I was like, you might die. Like that's scary. Um, yeah. so I would never come to her with my problems, but also that's just kind of person I am. I, I am also very close cards to the chest when it comes to things that really, really are ailing me, which I'm working on, I'm working through, but she would have friends that would come to her with stupid stuff. And they'd be like, She'd be like, well, yeah, but like, did you have chemo today or radiation? Like, are you in a place to even like have this conversation with me, you know? And so um, that you just made me think of that. And it's not compassion. I mean, it's almost compassion fatigue, right? Because you've been yeah. watching these people and helping them feel better or whatever their diagnosis might be, or, or, you know, even if the prognosis isn't good and then someone comes home and they're like, oh, I went to 
I went to Panera and they were out of broccoli cheddar soup of bread bowls. And you're like, who cares? At least you can have yeah, a bread bowl. That. Yeah. It's going yeah. to another Panera. <laughs> yeah. That that's totally it. You've yeah, you I get you. It. I get you. Yeah. So that's that's why I moved to research. Do you like what you're doing now? Uh. <laughs> hey it's you know what it's a job it's a job and you know it's, it's, a, it's yeah. work work is work um it's it's different it's you know it's been yeah it's it's I have a good job yeah. I have a good job yeah but not I'm not gonna say yeah but I'm gonna say there's some things I'm sure that are frustrating in the academia world coming back into it from the clinical side so yeah, 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 and you kind of touched the nail on the head and I'm sure you've had, you've run into this in other facets of your career. I have as well. I am a woman. I might go by she and they pronouns. Sally might go by she and her pronouns, but by and large, I have a female parts, right? I'm a, I'm a woman. She's a woman. And I got, I became a marketing director at a company and I, and even then, like I had a dude just like be just totally like just misogynistic. It's like, we're still in a world where it's run by like old white men. Yeah. And they hold everything. They hold the per. Well, I don't, that's too progressive for me. And we don't want any of that weird stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And so you're like, you can't get a word in edgewise. And then you want to minimize yourself, even if you have the accomplishments. And that's what this podcast came from. You have the accomplishments, you have the accolades, you have the wherewithal, you have the cojones, but you're afraid to speak up because you're like, oh, well, they're going to just tell me I'm dumb. And, or they're going to just like assume that I can't have this conversation, even though you're totally able to have it. And I have seen this by and large in every single female I have known that is smart and as, as, um, accredited and as confident in their work as you are. Yeah. And I don't know well, why it is because men, <laughs> I think that's why it is, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, it, and it's it's like a damned if you do and damned if you don't kind of situation because like, yeah. oh, you're not assertive enough. But if you do speak up, then mm -hmm. boom. Oh, no, you're no. a bitch. Uh -oh. Yeah. So it's it is hard. And I think that um, I mean, I've had a lot of great female mentors. Um, But when you really get to this point it's it is it's it's um it's very clear yeah. and maybe it's not everywhere but yeah. um and I'm not speaking out on my own institution individually but you're speaking um, these are the opinions of yourself not yeah. where mm -hmm. you work not it doesn't matter because it's your own opinion and you're not naming yeah. names nope yep yeah, exactly so I was like, oh, I don't want to interrupt you. Were you going to keep going with that? Oh, oh. no, I, unless you wanted me to. I mean, I could go on about that. Oh, we could go on and on, but I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I think it actually leads into the next question. Okay. Which I think is a good way for you because, and just a backstory here for my listeners, because I know Sally at a personal level. Sally and I have talked about what we would do if we didn't have to work in corporate America. We talk about it quite often. <laughs> and we, we've been having this conversation a lot because I feel like my husband almost getting out of the military has kind of like opened my brain to like, oh, like what could we do that's not sitting in a desk chair or editing commas on a document or what whatnot, you know? So for you, Sally, 
I asked this question on the forum and I was reading through it and it reminded me of all the conversations you and I have had where maybe we're joking, but also maybe we're serious where we're like, maybe we should start a dog farm. And like, and like yeah, I, I don't know, maybe we should do this. So anyway, what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? That is a timely question. Um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> I, I won't lie that I've several times sent emails to a superior at my institution saying that I'm going to apply to PetSmart. But, um, <laughs> why not? And it's, and the latest response I received was if that would bring you more joy, then you should do it. Whoa, that's a backhand. Um, yeah. I was like, okay. Okay, bye. Maybe I will. <laughs> good luck with your, Maybe your, your grammars. <laughs> Do they have good health insurance? Um, Petco does. So I think success, I guess it goes back to like my naive original statement about having a life that makes sense. Like I used to think that having success would be that like, oh, I got my PhD. Oh, I'm at a very highly respected university, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. But I guess success for me now is more like personal happiness mm -hmm. and um, and letting go of some of those, you know, kind of mile or mile markers that I thought that I had as success in the past. Like, yeah. it's okay if I walk away from this. I'm not sure what I would do next. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> Well, I rage quit a job and that's, I rage quit a job in 2016 and I really was not in a position to do so, Sally. And I did it anyway. And I'm going to tell you right now, best thing I ever freaking did. But yeah. at the same time, I kind of had a cushion I could have fallen back on via my savings, my parents maybe, but, and then I met Scott and I was like, well, guess I'm didn't make the worst choice by doing that because I don't think I would have met him had I not, and I've been miserable, you know, but anyway, um, as far as where you're at, I think sometimes it's, if you don't like, see, I, I, I'm kind of a two track mind here. Sometimes if you don't like what you like, if you, if you not loving what you're doing, but it's making you money, start doing what you love on the side to kind of make sure that yeah. those two things make you happy. So I know you are thinking about maybe fostering some kittens and coming the weeks and which I'm excited about. Cause I love kittens. They're cute. Although the, I, they're going to, they're going to terrorize your house. They're going to ruin it. I know it's going to be a lot more. <laughs> Annie's like, going to be like, keep saying like, I think you've forgotten how much work that will be, but I wanted to throw my dog away when he was a puppy. Cause he was just so, he was a nightmare. <laughs> I, he was cute. I got him home, Sally. And he was like, so cute. Just a little baby. No. And then, and then you all of a sudden he woke up, all of a sudden he woke up and he was like, I'm a terror. I was like, no, yeah. but no, he was, he was good. He's, He's actually, I, I can't believe he ever calmed down to he's the point that he did. He's a sweet boy. He's a sweet boy. He's currently but, in his bed, just like snoozing. Well, and it is a lot of work, but yes, I, I and I do, I do try to focus on, I do um, focus on um, some of those nonprofits that, yeah. and that brings me, even though like people might call my apartment a sweatshop right now because of all the. Who's Please calling it that? Us. Well, rich sellers. Is it rich sellers? Rich. No, don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> I asked Rich don't to be on this him. podcast. I he said no. I tree up. 
I just have a lot of fleece. <laughs> Rachel, we'll get we'll get to we'll get to forbidden bingo in a bit. But oh my gosh, no, you're making them and like you're and you're donating them, right? Oh. And yes, it goes to this charity that's called the Live Like Roof Foundation, which um, provides both financial um, support, but also like medical bill, bill support, but also like care packages to people whose animals have cancer. And so Aww. my previous dog um, died of cancer. And so I was just at an event, my bingo event the other night um, at my quarter pub and um that benefited this organization and I said I feel like it has brought me such meaning to be able to do that because mm -hmm. it's like it's not just paying it forward but it's paying it back you know because yeah. when you've been there you know what it means you know what that feels like in that moment and like what that would have meant to you absolutely yeah I love that you do that that makes me so happy like um I'll, obviously for selfish reasons I know you're making word in a blanket but <laughs> um well it's on its way yeah. oh really oh I'll be yeah. looking um so so I love that that a lot and also I am jealous that you live in Chicago because it's actually one of the places I really wanted to move to but it didn't didn't happen maybe 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 but you're you said it's really cold and I was like hmm. everyone else is saying well, it's real cold you know it it could be colder <laughs> is what we say right you, yeah. you lived in minnesota so you know <laughs> do you so you you live in a probably an area that's i mean i know how chicago is it's like you live in a neighborhood and then you have like all your stuff nearby where you can just like walk so you obviously have your corner pub um that you go to uh and you play trivia there um and bingo yeah. and so for my listeners because this is going to go into fanaticals right about now uh, I think we've talked about the topic at hand, um, which is imposter syndrome, success and all the things, but, but that's not what makes Sally, Sally, what makes Sally, Sally is the things that she's fanatical about and the things that she loves. And one of those things is a bingo. And that is how I met Sally. Uh, Sally was playing forbidden bingo virtually, uh, with DJ rockstar Aaron, who I've actually known since my twenties. Uh, he is, if he, when he walks into a room, he walks in pink mohawk first. Like you, you cannot miss the man if you're looking. Uh, he does not recall meeting me or telling me that he liked my sweater. I do not recall where I met him, but I know I've met him uh, in person. But he's just one of those people that you meet and you just kind of, you don't ever forget him. He is a, a DJ. He is um, a uh, an LGBTQIA plus icon. He is the president. I I'm teasing. I don't, I don't think he really is. He's the president of Sydney Lopper's Fan Club. I don't know. Uh, and uh, he's just a who, who, one of them. Probably. Oh, one of them, definitely. <laughs> and um, he has been putting graciously on as a lot of people couldn't do their in person things anymore. They were like, well, how do we get online fast? So Charlie Hyde's, uh, who's on my shoulder right here, did I forbidden bingo? Or sorry, did did Charlie Hyde's bingo, which my friend Casey from Peloton invited me to uh, that I rode with. So it's like it's kind of like a and then all of a sudden I got served an ad for this other one that another person invited me to. I played the first time I thought this is the dumbest game I've ever played. I don't know how what is happening. I didn't understand it. Then I just kind of kept playing and kept playing and kept playing and kept playing. And then it made sense. And now every time I play virtually, there is Sally, who's a regular. We've got Patrick. We've got a bunch of other people that just really are family. And we have a chat that we call uh, FYBBs, which is, of course, fuck your bingo bitch. Uh, and it's fun. So if you want to play, it's every Thursday uh, virtually. ForbiddenBingo.com. Tips are strongly encouraged. That's my last plug. Sally, what are you fanatical about? Uh, beside bingo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but she you're like really fanatical about bagel like you have to like concentrate no I do I really concentrate like I don't know how the people those old I don't want to say older ladies the people at like I've never been to like uh box hollows like yeah like a like a casino yeah yeah. like how do they play like 10 cards at a time I don't even know like I can barely play one well but it's also um, distracting yeah but um so besides bingo what am I fanatical about um well we've already talked about animals I'm fanatical about that um sports is something you put down sports yes so um well I've had like some um leg issues in the last year so I really haven't been able to be as active as I would like to be but um I do love as a spectator um well okay so full disclosure I do own stock in the Green Bay Packers get off my podcast I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding I actually no, like the Packers just growing gonna up. Hit cancel right now Boop, um, meeting. <laughs> I, I do I, I can show you the certificate but um that's awesome uh, so it was a disappointing year for me in that respect so I'm looking forward to baseball um I love baseball what team um, what team oh my gosh well so it's so I like to say I'm a fan of the game so Mm -hmm. um I grew up in Wisconsin and I loved the Orioles and I loved Cal Ripken Jr Mm -hmm. and I actually got to meet him and I have a picture when we were both much younger. Um, but here in Chicago, I would say, um, and and this will get me put a target on my head by some No, it people. won't. It won't. I, who's who's watching this? Well, I, rich, I mean, rich sellers. I like <laughs> he doesn't know what sports gonna, are. He's not going to know. know. Um, sorry. No offense, Rich. We love you, um, Rich. <laughs> uh, I so because I live on the north side, so I go to the Cubs games. Um, but I'm I'm not as hateful about the White Sox as some people in Chicago. Well, if you love baseball and you love the statistical love aspect the of it, yeah, exactly. If you yeah. love baseball, you're not going to care. I just what happen to live playing. on the north side, so I'm like, oh, all yeah. right, we'll, we'll do the Cubs. So and I too love baseball, but for different reasons, Sally. So oh. I, well, no. So I, uh, born in Minnesota. <laughs> it's a sex thing. Get it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, no, I, um, I love baseball because, um, I, my, most of my twenties was spent in Denver and, uh, there's the core stadium, the Colorado Rockies. And that yeah. was the only, like I went to, a, I think I went to a twins game once when I was like super little. I don't remember it, um, at all. I Minnesota twins. Did you get blown out of the Metrodome? I remember like, Mall of America way more than I remember this Twins game. Like I, okay. my my memories are like of Minneapolis. Where one time my parents took us to uh, uh, the Broadway show of the off Broadway show of the Cats, Cats the musical, and I was like, "That's wild." Also, probably one of the re- reasons I'm queer. In my brain, I was like, "I could dress up like a cat forever." Jellica. Um, and then oh God, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, yeah, and then um, 
And then I remember going to the Mall of America a lot. And I don't remember this baseball game and I never got to go to a football game. My dad um, was more of a soccer fan, right? So like, a, you know, football um, with, the, with the feet, uh, more of a soccer fan. And because I have people from the UK that listen and stuff, they'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. American football. Uh, football. But I, so we, I remember the Packers and the Vikings went to the Super Bowl in the 90s. And I remember, or sorry, they were going to, and then the Vikings lost and the Packers went. And then I rooted for the Packers. And I remember I got ostracized in elementary school because we are a Packers, Minnesota Vikings. And I love the Vikings. Don't get me wrong. School Vikings, but uh, not really my team. If I'm going to pick a, if I'm going to pick a team, I'm going to pick one that's way more funny to me, uh, which is Cheeseheads. Yeah. Well, let me hang on. Can you hang on one second? Yeah. You're going to grab it. I love it. If you're listening, this is an, uh, an, as an audio visual on YouTube, but you can also, oh, Oh, there she is. Okay, so I have to, oh, she owns stock. She owns stock in the Green Bay Packers. I want to go to a game with you. That's on, that's on, that's on our bucket list. That's, yeah, but I, yeah, so baseball. We'll go back to baseball, but I will also say that yeah. I'm a Broncos fan, ride or die, Broncos, whatever. Only, and one time I held to open a door for John Elway and he didn't walk through it. Everyone has a John Elway story. I've lived in Colorado since I was 10 to 29. So yeah. I like the Broncos. Scott likes the Chargers. Who cares? Anyway, move on. <laughs> uh, but baseball. So the Rockies, um, they took the top level and you're going to understand why I like the Rockies in a second. So the top level. And when you, when I turned 21, they, they basically took down the top level of they call the rock pile at the course field and they turned it into a craft beer deck. And if you are smart and you live downtown, like I used to with my husband, when he, when we were first got married and first got together, we would walk from our apartment to the game. We would buy a 15 power play ticket. We would get there before first inning. And if you turn in your power ticket, okay. So if you get there at the first inning, you can turn in the ticket or you can, sorry, you can get domestic beers two for one. It was like Sam Adams, Coors, Bud Light, or no, sorry, not Bud Light. Cause it's Coors Stadium. Anything on the Coors thing. That's like a generic beer. You can get that two for one. And then after the first pitch, you can turn in your power play ticket and you get $8 towards the concession. That can be a burger. It could be a beer. It can be a craft beer. It can be a cocktail, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then you just stand in the sun and go Rockies. (laughs) Well, you know what? My um, uncle who's now deceased used to be an usher at Coors Stadium for the Rockies. And so um, I've never been to a game there, but someday I would like to go. Well, someday you and I will do a girls trip and we'll do Denver and we'll go to actual bingo in person and then a Rockies yes, game. So it's got to be summer. Yeah, like the main event, we keep talking about it. I just need to get cleared to fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got we got to get we got to get the issues in check, but I'm I'm hopeful that that you're on the way to the mend because I another thing you love is beaches and I happen yeah. to be surrounded by them. <laughs> I do. And so I live vicariously now. Um, I mean, we do have beaches here. Yeah. Which I might live by. This time of year are not, um, they're a little icy. Yeah. 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 I remember like growing up in the Midwest, like I really wanted to be whatever I wanted to be for Halloween and I could never because I'd have to like wear snow pants with it. And one time I was a princess and my mom got a call from the elementary school and they're like, she won't take her princess costume off. And my mom's like, why? And she's like, yeah, cause we told her she's got to put snow pants on. And I was like, I refused. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, you know what? This year's Halloween was um, really unseasonably warm. And I was like, oh, all the kids can actually wear their costumes. So nice. <laughs> Annie and I did like a little walk around. And Maybe I'll be there next year. We never know. We never know where I'm going to end up. The Navy, you'll see not all the world at all. You'll just see. Yeah, well, I system. understand the uncertainty. Yeah. Uncertainty is hard. Um, but um, we'll meet up sometime. Yeah. Somehow. Well, um, Scott's never been to Chicago, so he's like, because I really? talk about I talk about Chicago like it's the coolest place on the planet because I really think it is a very very cool place. Um, I've been to Three Dots and a Dash. I've been to Happy Camper. They have got one in Denver. Oh now. yeah, Three Dots and a Dash. Three like, Dots and a Dash. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, obviously, I have a Hawaiian like piece to my. Well, you definitely have the aloha in your heart, so we would we would claim you. I don't know what who's we. Apparently, me as the Kamaaina local right now, <laughs> until I respectfully leave. So I just skipped ahead in my thought process, and uh, the okay. next question is about unpopular opinions. And I saw this, and I don't judge you for it because I've had another guest that's had this opinion. Um, so, uh, um, what is your unpopular opinion, and why? And I always say, as long as it's not racist, homophobic, or uh, horrible to another person, you can have this. You can have this opinion. Uh, opinions are like buttholes; we've all got them. You said something that <laughs> made me laugh. What was that? Well, what is what do they wear on the their heads if you're a Packers fan? Oh, oh, my unpopular. Oh, yeah. So I don't eat. I don't like cheese. Not even squeaky cheese curds, Sally? No? no. You don't like to squeak nope. on it? Nope. Um, I eat I eat pizza, and that is the only cheese. And I say that's why I haven't been able to live in Wisconsin. Well, also, like, what kind um, of pizza are we talking? Because I feel like deep dish is, like, a pound of cheese. It's, it's, it, that's a pie, like a soup. I only eat deep dish when people come to visit, really. Is, I know. Um, it's kind of, like uh tourist thing i think yeah it's like a luau out here i'm like here we'll go get some pig <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean i grew up i did grow up eating just like thin crust pizza but um i think maybe what i shared with you and i can't remember was that um recently my mom moved from her house of like 40 years mm -hmm. to a condo and she saved her she bundled up a bunch of stuff stuff and we could go through it or not and some of it was like school old school stuff and there was an old school newspaper from like when I was maybe in fourth grade or something like that and um it was like you know before technology you know so it was like pieces of things cut and taped together and then photocopied and one of the stories was um that our class went to tour the cheese factory. Oh no, <laughs> what you do? And, um, and that, uh, and it it said like in it, you know, it's like handwritten, you know, like little kid stuff. Um, but but Sally doesn't like cheese, so she just ate crackers. <laughs> <laughs> so. <it was> like, <laughs> oh you were like I, I just don't want this they're like but it's good and no you're like, no I'm sure like everybody else was probably in like heaven and I was like but that's the most Wisconsin thing I've ever heard in my life 
because <laughs> I being born in Minnesota and lived there till I was 10, we would, I, okay. So for, if you don't live or you never lived in the Midwest, you wouldn't understand this, but like field trips would go across state lines. Like we would go to Iowa and we'd go sit in a one room schoolhouse. And like, I would tell people about this when I moved to Colorado and they were like, that makes zero sense. Or they'd be like, we're going to go check out a farm. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Um, yeah, I remember the field trips we would take are wild. So a cheese factory is not that different. The only field trip I had in, in elementary school moving here, I was, or sorry, moving to Colorado, I was in fifth grade. We went to a landfill. Well, you know what? I can, <laughs> I, I, I can empathize with you because, um, I grew up in a city that's called the prison city of Wisconsin. What is that, um, Milwaukee? No, it's Wapan. Um, oh, never heard like of that. For prisons look it up it's oh it's man been on, it's been on different uh oh like yeah yeah yeah. A murderer yeah, and, yeah. yeah yeah um so anyway it's a small town but um lots of prisons and so um often our field trips would be to prisons what? and then um they're like yes like we gotta go to correction <laughs> facility <laughs> don't don't end up here yeah, yeah. Basically, like, you know, we went to the max and then we went to the minimum and the minimum was kind of like better than a college dorm. And they had to sit us down and tell us like it may look nice. They're trying to Um, scare you straight. (laughs) Yeah. And but we also did go to the sewage treatments or the water, whatever. I know treatments awful. Like I was so jealous. My sister got to go to the Rochester sewage treatment plant. I didn't get to go. (laughs) <laughs> she got to go to the poop plant night in. <laughs> I just heard my husband go. You, know, you should not be jealous. It's not that fun. <laughs> I would um, rather sit at my desk and be in school. <laughs> um, one time, so my, I remember in fifth grade, my sister got to go to, because my sister's four years older than me. She got to go to, um, well, fifth grade, you learned about the birds and the bees and and, and putting a pad on or something. And I, I, I skipped that entirely. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, I remember in fifth grade, uh, she got to go and they went to the Minneapolis Zoo and got, or the aquarium or something. And they got to sleep under the dolphins and stuff. And it was so cool. The best field trip ever. Uh, and then I got to go to a landfill in fifth grade. That was what I got to do. But um, uh, I, when I moved to when I moved from Minnesota to Colorado for my dad's job, um, he was an engineer. We he took a job from IBM in Texas Instruments. That's what moved us there. Um, I remember that like uh, they had all learned about like the birds and the bees in like third grade for some reason. And so I'm like on the playground and everyone's talking about like menstrual periods and stuff that I didn't know what it meant. So I went home and asked my mom and then my mom gave me the most scientific uh conversation I've ever heard where she literally I I don't know if she owned a textbook or procured one out of her butt but like she was like and then your fallopian tube and then the egg goes like this and then and I was just like what what? (laughs) I was like I didn't know that's a thing and uh yeah (laughs) yeah I was immediately ostracized immediately ostracized you know what a period is ew I was like, I don't know what any of these things are. I'm from Minnesota. I was supposed to go to the aquarium. It never happened. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh. The landfill instead of- yeah, I, got to go to, I did get to go to the landfill. I feel actually this girl, this is a person, she's still a friend of mine. 
I feel really bad because like there was a wind that was so okay. It was like a multi-part trip. We got, we went to the landfill and they're like, here's where all your stuff goes and like recycle. And we're like, cool. And then they take us back and then we had to like go to a grocery store and like do calculations and figure out how to do like bulk buying as if it was doomsday. Uh, this is 19, no, sorry, this is 2000, 2000, it's like 1999 to 2000. And then my friend, Samantha, who is, is, uh, still somewhat of a friend of mine and I follow her. She's pregnant now. Um, and I remember cause she had glasses, but she wasn't wearing her glasses that day. And a wind kicked up near this like bir- a birch plant. We went to a birch plant and a piece of wood flew in her eye like just and she was like ah and like so then we're like all trying to like help her but no one has any like water to like flush her eyeball out and I just remember she was crying like and she has these really beautiful like eyelashes and she was sobbing and her mom was like one of the chaperones and her mom got like all angry she was like you should know better and I'm like you should you should have corrected the wind oh my <laughs> god that sounds like the most awful field trip I would never watch <laughs> I mean honestly I mean, it was and I've been to prison you've been to prison I'll take prison (laughs) oh my gosh what I remember Bianca is that they showed us this they had this like rudimentary like uh display of contraband contraband how old were you I don't even remember and we're all like why are there balloons you're like wow this looks like a fun birthday party who didn't invite me yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <this> is, <laughs> oh I swear gosh. to God, like that's oh. so funny. Yeah. So you know what? Field trips. <sighs> we also had to go to this other thing. The other thing we would have to go to. I don't remember the name of it. It'll bug me, but it was like um almost like a nature preserve. Um and you know what? I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it because it's going to bug me and I'll figure it out right now. Um, nature preserve. Or was it in Minnesota? Rochester. Or- yeah. Rochester, Minnesota. I went to two different, I went to a split middle school. So I went to Hoover and then, oh, sorry, Churchill and then Hoover. And then um, my sister went to different middle school. Okay. Quarry Hill Nature Center. Okay. Quarry Hill Nature Center. And we would always have to go there and, um, like sometimes they they sometimes you do like a schoolhouse tour. Um, that actually is a funny story. So we did a schoolhouse tour and um we all had to wear like the girls had to wear bonnets. I'm sure head lace what? was not on anyone's yep. And then we had to use oh. fountain pens and they whapped us with a ruler if we didn't write what? correctly, yes, with calligraphy pens. And I cried. And I went home, I told my mom and my mom called the school. This is like a Becoming a story of the world's worst field trips ever. <laughs> um, not, like, but we'd always go to Quarry Hill and they would teach us like they, there was also a planetarium and the planetarium was at um, Lourdes High School in, in Rochester, Minnesota. So we'd go to the planetarium there uh, and we'd always go to the planetarium. I remember that. And we'd have to like hang out in the high school. And I remember the high school felt so big and now I'm sure it's not. But yeah, there was like those were like the main drag, the circuit of things we would do. But the but the Quarry Hill, we would do like a hike or whatever, and then they'd be like, "This is this is this is cat from a squirrel." Like, can you map it up? I'm like, what are we learning right now? I'm I'm never where when am I ever going to be stuck in nature where I need to know that a squirrel's poop is going to you know I got to calculate it to the su- I, what? Yeah. And so um and then also we would they would teach us about because being in the Midwest, especially in Rochester, apparently was on like an Indian uh, like a Native trail. So mm-hmm. like there we had quite a few Native American students that I, I went to school with. Um, 
but nah, I don't know. It, I, it, the, the schoolhouse though, I remember vividly being like screamed at by like the lady. She was like taking her job very seriously. I was like, whoa, I didn't know I was Williamsburg and they signed up for a reenactment of the Civil War. But I was going say, is it like one of those places? Cause like my parents, we didn't go on like lavish vacations or whatever, but often we would go to historical places and it would be like people in their, um, They would be, yeah, it wasn't necessarily reenactment, yeah. but it was like, you know, they would be in their um, character, so to yeah. speak, Yeah. Um, which I always thought was uncomfortable. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but also, but not squirrel, but I did once. Oh no. Have to dissect owl uh, excrement and pull out oh. like the um bones and such of whatever oh did you have to dissect anything in high school oh yes what did you dissect oh man oh i'm gonna cancel and keep in mind like one of my specific phobias is dead animals yeah so um i dissected rat um, mine's, mine's worse fetal pig okay never mind it's not the worst um cow heart okay pig eye okay I think it was a pigeon and well frog yeah what was horrible was I was a biology aide for my teacher so fetal pigs is what we had to do which which was fine did it no big deal it was awful I hate I hated every second of it but the worst part was the AP bio had to do cats like Oh, see, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And I then wouldn't. I had to. He said, "Here's a bag of cats. Please throw them away." And I had to go to a dumpster and throw them away. And I cried. I cried. Sorry, Mr. Title. If you're listening to this, you're not listening to this. If you're listening to this, no. that really, that really. Well, you know what? My my um biology and um uh I guess it was zoology, whatever, um whatever courses that I ended up doing that for um the I had a good instructor I'm mm-hmm. actually Facebook friends with him right now Mr. Burkhart yeah <laughs> um but it was funny because funny isn't the right word um interesting because like you would be paired in a group with like it would be like a group of four mm-hmm. per remember, yeah yeah and um and it was like, like I was always like with three guys. Yeah. And they wouldn't do it. Like weird because I, I had the same thing. Where it was like, <laughs> I don't want to. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm Jeffrey Dahmer over here. Like I know. Like I'll cut the pig's head off, I guess. Yeah. That, um, or and I remember like I re <laughs> sorry. This might be off topic. Oh, I, it's okay. Um, I remember like because I was in sports because I was in tennis, I think at that time, and um, so I had to miss part of the the class, so I had to go by myself, um, after school, or during st- uh, you know study hall or whatever, and I just remember like the worst thing was the pit was the eyeball like I just yep yep I don't like it 
No. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll move to something different. We'll move to yeah, let's, let's, I don't know how we got there. You said it was excrement and suddenly it was fetal pigs and here we are. But okay, so, uh, but I was only asking that because I was in Colorado. So I was just like wondering what it was like uh, in uh, Wisconsin. No, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so speaking of Wisconsin, so my dad, my dad um, restored a bunch of Austin Healy's, which is like a UK car. Um, and there's a Healy club that was in uh, Wisconsin or sorry, like in the, in the Midwest. And when I was a kid, we used to take the Healy's, um, the Austin Healy that he, he made too. We used to take the Austin Healy's up. And as a kid, I remember we went to Door County uh, as a trip, oh, yeah. as one of the trips. And um, I just remember polka music, vividly, a lot of polka music, a lot of bingo and a lot of summer sausage. I remember that very well. Yeah. Uh, and my mom, whenever I told her like, oh, I have a good friend, Sally, she lives in, she's from Wisconsin. She lives in Chicago. She's like, oh, B, B, do you remember the time the blah, 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 blah. And then the, the polka and the accordion. And I'm like, I don't know why I remember, but yes, I do remember it. It was very, well, it, was like it, is, it is a key part of Wisconsin culture. And yes, as part of my gym class growing up was learning you, polka and square dance? I, po- I polka like. You poke pretty well. I poke. <laughs> I um, we, I remember learning it. I remember learning it too. But like Minnesota wasn't as avid because we're there more like Scandinavian, so it was more like yeah. I don't even know what we do, but yeah, polka. Yeah, I remember we learned square dancing. Uh, we learned that. Oh yeah. Well, Bianca, if I can ever find it. Um. So one of my more infamous figure skating performances was an entertainment competition um oh no are you gonna where... say polka on skates yeah. <laughs> and and so here's the thing I but can visualize like, it it's my amazing. friend and I my friend and I because we always got stuck with like the 5 a.m ice times because hockey had priority oh of course and oh so, hockey oh, that's priority, and they never went anywhere. yes yeah and they can vomit on the ice uh, it the smelled like before. a it smelled like a ball sack always yes yes Yes. Um, so, but my friend and I, there was this like, ra- okay, so this was cassette tape days. Like we had mm-hmm. the, the audio thing was cassette and there was this like random polka one. And so we would play it like at five in the morning and we would just like, you know, like just bop. <laughs> yeah. So, so you then, only have like one then, song choice. And then we were like, oh, we should we should enter into Badger State Games entertainment category <laughs> as our polka. And so we did, but, and, and we did, and it was like a total joke. I mean, but we, but we did, and we got third place. And the, the thing was like, we kind of felt guilty because it was like supposed to be a joke, but it was like in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and all these people just love polka so much. <laughs> they were like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? what? That would have been like. They kind of like making fun of it, but they didn't realize it. So. That had been like peak 90s because I have a funny story similar to you about ice skating as well. So um, <laughs> my first ever competition, uh, my dad, I chose for what my, we had a CD of songs, right? Of, of. Uh, my dad would put him on a cassette, you know, pick pick a theme song and you could skate to that. I chose MASH, 
with zero knowledge of the fact that the Vietnam War was a thing. And even my coach was like, Lydia, who was Russian, she was like, are you sure that you want to do this? And I said, I like it. I'm doing it. And uh, so I skated to... Oh <laughs> what was your what was your question? Ooh, good question. I don't know if I have a photo of it. Is it like camo or was it no? <laughs> okay. No. Because I think it might have been I you know what I think it might have been green velvet, like a green velvet kind of situation. Crushed velvet. Yeah. And then or I also stretched velvet. Yeah. And yeah. I remember we had a, a lady who made skating uh, outfits. And she said, you can pick any of these lycra fabrics you want. And I picked one that had like Chiquita bananas all over it and like hot pink and yellow. And it was gold and it was sparkly. And I'm again, in my head, I'm like, and I didn't know I was queer. Well, you know, I just picked the funnest colors. (laughs) My mom was like, that's expressive. And I said, I want it. I think that I'm going to look really cool inside in this thing. Uh, And uh, I wore it a lot. I wore it for practice and I loved it. I was like, this is the best thing ever. I was just well, so it made happy. you happy. It made you happy. And, you know, I think like the thing about figure skating is that it's so much like a narrow box. Um, you know, so anytime yeah. you, you step outside of it and find happiness is a good thing. But yeah, um, yeah I, uh, I'll, I'll dig up a picture. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know if I can find the video, but I'll, okay. I'll, if you find the video, I will. I would die. That's, I, I would picture. It was, I mean, it was pretty. Like you, you. I mean, you could survey the people who know me and who were there, and um, it was pretty epic. But it wasn't really meant to be serious. <laughs> it was probably not bronze medal worthy, but whatever I'd give it a, I'd give it it's a, it's a number one in my book okay so <laughs> if you were a uh a Muppet or a uh, puppet character of any variety who would you be and why can I pick red from Fraggle Rock absolutely why is why, why why is red yeah because I mean I, it looks like you it looks like you <laughs> <laughs> Where she's like, I love life. <laughs> yeah, spunky, spunky. Okay, I I dig it. That's I dig what it. I would say. Like, um, it's not just because of my hair, um, <laughs> because I always liked her. Um, she's also kind, and she's like always keeping keeping people on track. She, and she's yeah. like always the morale booster. She's like, you got yeah. it. Like, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, someone Googled us. I Googled Red from Fraggle Rock just to verify. Someone said, is Red Fraggle a girl? Oh. I didn't know we have to gender them. I always thought, I didn't know. Okay, I guess so. I I used to have like, um, yeah, I used to have the Muppets toy of her, like like the McDonald's or Fisher Price toys of her. I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was a Muppet with (laughs) pom-poms. I was like, this is cool. I like it. Um, But uh, I've heard... I've, I mean, I've seen Fraggle Rock since then. And I think Fraggle Rock's a really cool show. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think there's a Muppet that I would disagree with if somebody assigned me to them. I don't right. think there's one. I, would. But I mean, you... I probably don't want to be animal, not animal. Oh, yeah, no, but, no. Um, I'm animal on speed, apparently, according to Scott. Um, <laughs> but I, I also ask this, so this is a flyby question. If you could sure. sleep with only one Muppet from the Muppet show, 
I mean, or Sesame Street. Who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good, that's a hard question. It is a hard question. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> probably, I don't know if this is the true answer, but <laughs> based on my um, history, it would probably be Oscar the Crouch. <laughs> You'd be like, knock, knock. Yeah. Do, do you want to get busy? And you'd be like, eh. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you'd be like, I had a really great day. How was yours? Terrible. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's fine. He lives in a trash can, which is basically a metaphor for all of dating. <laughs> yes. I yes. love that. Uh, that's such a unique answer. I, I've gotten a lot of Kermits. I've gotten oh, a lot really? of, uh, well, I, yeah. Kermit would be like a kind, a kind one. Um, but yeah. no, I, I automatically went to Oscar. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we're winding. Says a, yeah. Like my psychodynamic friends would probably say that says a lot about me, but I'm not. I don't think it says anything. I think it says that it's funny. <laughs> that's what I think it says. It says it's funny. So as we're winding down, thank you again, Sally, so much for being on the podcast. Sure. Um, the last question before I turn it over to you to promote anything you'd like to uh, talk about is what is making you happy in the world currently? Well, I think the number one thing I can say is Annie. Oh, oh no. Where's she going? Annie. She's so cute. She's like, yes. mama, what? Well, she's had a little bit of a rough day, but so oh. I don't know. She's she got a little her, sick, poor thing. Yeah, her fuck cancer uh, bandana from the other night. And um, she's what makes me happy. And then what makes me really happy is my friends near and far and a lot like that I've never met in person, but I feel like are closer than the people that I know that... Um, what else makes me happy right now? Um, spring training is coming up. <laughs> and, um, yes. And um, I think like, you know, organizing is going to make me happy. I think so too. And I'll help you with that offline. Sally, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Again, for all of my listeners, this is please don't kick me out.com. The only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, rate us a five, wherever you get your podcast, share it, tell a friend, feel free to reach out to Sally, uh, which I'll share um, some loose contact information in the description of this and also on YouTube. If you're listening for your earbuds uh, again, Sally, I'm so excited to have you on here. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're my friend and I'll see you at bingo later on. Yes, thank you so much. All right, bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, can you rate us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on? For content creators like myself, that keeps us going. Also, did you know that I have merchandise? Thank you so much to Lara, who was my second guest ever on Please Don't Kick Me Out. She is a great person who did all of my branding. Live out your 90s fantasy. Go to pleasedon'tkickmeout.com slash shop. Thank you.
This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.